Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to New Jersey is the world. It's a joy to bring you this podcast. I've been out traveling a bunch, going on the road, doing shows, paying the rent. And i tell you something, uh, it feels good to go out there and do it. And every time I go out, I meet people who are from Jersey, want to tell me about it, or who have strong opinions on Jersey, they want to tell me on it. For example, I just did a show in West Virginia last night. Lovely place. Had not spent any time in that state. Had only driven through it. It was great. Morgantown, great town. One, two, three, Pleasant Street. One of the best clubs I've ever been to. And I met someone there who makes money. They own a bunch of houses that they rent out to students in Morgantown. Reminded me of my days back at Rutgers. But this person told me, you know, there's a lot of Jersey kids that come to West Virginia University. And I've learned that when we get inquiries about our housing and I see a Jersey area code, I don't even answer. Because they party too hard. They mess up the houses. And I love that. We spread out to other states. We're animals who destroy the housing. Well done, New Jersey. Well done. Hey, have to let you know our next live show is in Asbury Park. It's on July 6th. It's going to be a very, very special one. It's going to be an early start time. Okay, 6 p.m. doors, 7 p.m. start. That's an hour earlier than usual. Need you to get down there. Another special thing about it, kids five and under are free. If you're a parent, bring your kids. Okay, five and under, they're free. And uh, everybody else, grab your tickets. We're going to do a show that is kid-friendly, totally clean, also very funny for adults. And the kids are going to be put in control. And it might be a fiasco, but it will be a joyous fiasco. And you can bring your kids down the shore for a day and you can get ice cream on the boardwalk and you can get pizza at Tallulah's or Porta or any of the other great pizza places down there and you can enjoy. You can go get the tacos, get the tacos on the boardwalk, bring the kids, have fun, come to the show, family friendly show where kids are going to learn about New Jersey and the adults are going to laugh their butts off. It's going to be a real good time and I'll see you there. Now, speaking of the Jersey Shore, this week's episode, it's the beginning of summer. Okay, last year we gave you a summer reading list. This year we pose a simple question. This is a very chill episode, very relaxed episode. We ask a simple question. If you're looking for a vacation in New Jersey and you're not in the mood to go to the shore, what are the other options? We explore them. Some of them are the places you might uh, be thinking about already. Some of them might surprise you. Who knows? Definitely want to hear your opinions on it. 973-780-4660. Let us know any place we missed, any further opinions on places we didn't miss, and let us know what's up in general. Thank you so much for listening. Support us at the Patreon. Buy a t-shirt. You know the drill. Enjoy. Hi everybody, it's Chris Gethard. Welcome to Woe Town, a show where three friends who grew up together in West Orange, New Jersey, uh, reminisce and think about New Jersey and talk about stuff and bullshit, and sometimes it's smart, but mostly it's dumb. Hi Mike D, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. I'm feeling in a very 1980s Yankees mood tonight. We just finished recording a deep dive episode for the Patreon. If you're not on the Patreon, you missed a an episode that spiraled into an hour of talk about Yankees catcher Rick Cerrone and a mysterious song he released in the 80s. You're going to want to go sign up for the Patreon to get in on that. Nikki Bonaduce, how you feeling? Pretty good. And uh, since Mike just mentioned that, and the only place where I can grow hair is on like the side of my head, 
I'm going to regrow out the, the Greek fro on the side of my head, and I'm going to wear the iconic 1980s uh, uh, Sunday baseball cap, which is like you can get at any Dairy Queen now. It's like, you know, remember the old Sunday... <laughs> <laughs> but remember those guys who wear the batting caps are so I'm gonna next next live show I'm gonna have the Greek fro peeking out underneath a New York Yankees uh Sunday baseball cap. It's fair to say, everybody, that if, if you're on the Patreon, you already have probably listened to the deep dive episode and you know how hard we flipped out. I will say we don't you know, we, we give it mentions, we tell you that it's a way you can support us. We try not to to shove it down your throat that we got the Patreon. I will say if you've been thinking about joining, this one is worth joining for because it's insane. Uh, and if anybody knows Rick Cerrone, please put him in touch as we want to talk to him about his 1982 song, A Long Run Home. Now, that was on the deep dive tonight. We have an episode that uh, sort of falls into the type of discussion that could be a public service to a lot of people in New Jersey. Um, last year, when summer kicked off, we did a, a New Jersey reading list. We all laid out our favorite New Jersey books. We wanted to go ahead and kick summer off with something else this year that could help. You know, those were, hey, maybe if you're laying on the beach, you want to read a book. But what if you are somebody who finds yourself in New Jersey in the summer and you're not a beach person? So tonight we're discussing vacation options for Jersey people in the summer that have nothing to do with the Jersey Shore, which is a topic that I think has a lot of validity to it. That is shockingly hard to nail. I tried to research a little bit today. No way. There ain't much. There's, How you feeling, Mike D? I, I, I'm sorry. No, go for it, Nick. No, no, no. Mike D, go ahead. You're- Mike D actually did research all day as well. I'm asking. I didn't. I'm talking off my head and like, I think this is, you're saying you were having a hard time. I, I think of a lot of options because New Jersey has like a lot of great areas to explore, but I won't step on Mike D's toes. I'll wait. I think- you can roughly divide it into three categories the way I actually, I think there's a fourth subcategory, but there are great outdoors adventures. There are festivals and events, and then there are museums and attractions. And then I think there's a subcategory, which I don't know if it necessarily qualifies as a vacation, but could be a one day thing, which are town recreation such as town pools, which I think is an interesting area to explore. Okay. Okay. Where do you want to begin, Mike D? I do have one place that I've recently discovered that I want to talk about and recommend to everyone because I've very quickly fallen in love with this place, which is the Duke Farm. Um, The Duke Farm is one of the most beautiful places that I've been in New Jersey. It is the it was formerly the estate of the Duke family. So the Duke family way back when was American Tobacco. It's the same family that founded and funded Duke University. They also had this massive estate in New Jersey which has now been turned into a park. But the thing to me that was fascinating about this place is the entire estate was built out. So you have farms and stable buildings and you have, you know, very dense landscape architecture, right? All the views are, if you stand at a certain place, were designed to see certain things and there's waterfalls and rivers and lakes. It's incredibly beautiful, but... That you, what you would expect to find there, right, would be a giant mansion worthy of a tobacco baron. But 
where you go to where you think the mansion would be at the top of this terraced, massive landscape hill, all there is is a foundation, which you can look into the mansion, this huge foundation. And what happened was they built this estate and they started to build the home where they were going to live. And basically the the U.S. government came down on American tobacco and broke them up as a monopoly. Uh. And the Duke family got really annoyed and moved to Europe and took their business there and never <laughs> finished building the mansion. So you have kind of a spite foundation there. But this is a great place to spend a day. It's totally free. You can bring bikes. You can also extremely inexpensively rent bikes. You can ride around. You can picnic. They have cool. greenhouses. They have tours. Eagles nest there. It's a really cool place for Central Jersey. And now let me ask you, Mike D. Jersey Shore, you might go get a house for a week take your family on a vacation. Do you think that Duke Farms could realistically be the centerpiece of a similar actual summer vacation? Or is it more of a day trip? I think it could be, a, well, there's no place to stay there, but I think you could do, um, I don't think you could see the whole place in one day, no question, especially if you like hiking and bike riding. I don't think you could see the whole place in a day, no question. There's too much there to see. It says it's a thousand acres, dude. It's massive. Wow. Um, okay. And my hack for this would be you go visit Duke Farms, you ride your bike, you hike, you do whatever you like. And then at the end of the day, when you're hungry, just a couple miles away is Ama, which is one of the best pizzerias in New Jersey. Ooh. So you can kind of stack two really cool New Jersey experiences, one on top of the other. So this could at the very least be a long weekend, no doubt. If you can find a place to stay, you could easily kill two days there probably more if you're into if you're into nature animals and birds no question or if you're comfortable hiding in the woods the days the days in is conveniently located right outside of uh the duke farms there i'm looking at it right now it is massive holy shit a huge plug for duke farms i also feel like our friend kelly who works for the parks department is going to love this episode and leave us a 35 minute long voicemail about all the places that aren't the shore where you could be hanging out I want to say, Mike D, you put on the outline. The outline for this one, we should say, very sparse. Usually you and I each do a pass um, between a factor of, of timing and us being backlogged. It's very sparse, but you did put a word on there that pushed a button of mine because you put festivals. And I'll say there's one festival in New Jersey I've always wanted to go to. I've never had the chance. I think I want to bring Cal, maybe even this year. Uh, it's the, used to be known as the Quick Check Hot Air Balloon Festival. Oh, yeah. Have you been, Nick? I'm like, when I was a kid, we it was like, um, my parents always, we had a series of summertime torture um, trips, which um, when you get all the uh, Bonaduches together, <laughs> put them in a car, it's usually the hottest, most humid day of the year, and then go out to some great event that should be epically fantastic and it turns into a torture fest in many ways but what that's what's family for but yes it was great and um i always wanted to go up in a hot air balloon and uh that that still has never happened to this day most people that i would take up into one won't go up with me in one and plus on my own account, which I don't go on rides, but I would go on a hot air balloon. Yeah. Um, they always seem to somehow get blown into power lines. So that's always been like a deterrent for me. Sure, sure. But I have, like, you ever see them unmasked, like, I think coming through 
like one of the popular areas, like、uh, across like the Delaware or whatever. It's like, it is magnificent. It is really freaking cool. Well, it was, it was the.、Uh... Formerly, and I think it's pretty well known as the Quick Check New Jersey Festival of Ballooning. It's actually now known as the New Jersey Lottery Festival of Ballooning. It's got new sponsors.、Oh, um, it's, this year, it's July 29th, 30th, 31st, 2022. I feel like they, they do multiple balloon launches throughout the day one in the morning, one in the afternoon. You can get rides,、um, hundreds of balloons. It's been happening since 1983. And I've always wanted to go. Maybe this is my year. And I definitely think that area also has a lot of hidden little towns where there's going to be restaurants and, and wineries and breweries and all sorts of stuff. But you guys, in researching it, because Mike D put festivals, I said, now that is one. You could, you could build a little vacation. You could put a day or two before or after that, build a vacation. I found out something completely amazing about the Balloon Festival. And you guys are going to think I'm making it up. Lay it on me. This is from their Wikipedia. It sounds like something someone wrote to besmirch them and make people want to avoid the business, but there are footnotes and links that verify this. You ready? It starts off up top Festival Information. It's a short Wikipedia, right? Festival Information and Histories, item one, and it tells you 1983, Bill Lewis、uh, brought approximately 10 hot air balloons、um, for the inaugural event.、Uh, Tells you now they get, they get 40,000 attendees a year. They've had the Beach Boys, they've had the Doobie Brothers, Hall and Oates. They haven't had Rick Cerrone. That's another story, right? A portion of the proceeds are donated to the Children's Miracle Network. Then there's all the only other item is 1.1. You know how Wikipedia organizes their stuff. So item one is Festival Information and History. Item 1.1 is Virgin Ritual. This is true. Since 2004, the festival has hired a virgin to perform a ritual to ensure good weather for the festival. Howard Freeman, one of the organizers, claims the ritual comes from Singapore. It involves having a virgin drive a golf cart to each of the four corners of the festival site. At each corner, she picks up blades of grass, mumbles random words, penetrates whole onions and peppers with knives, then jams the knives with produce into the ground. The 2007 virgin, Victoria Brumfield, said it is a mixture of fun and embarrassment, and that if it does rain, my virtue is not to blame. I'm waiting until I'm married, and no one has asked yet. She is a devout Mormon. How do you guys feel about the fact that this pretty famous、uh, New Jersey festival, which you could, again, fits this episode, you could build a summer vacation around that? Also, has a, a virgin ritual. Well, it's no different than the ritual we've had at our live show recently. What, the one where we knighted Pete Genovese to various good health? Yes, and we had witches. None of those, none of those people were virgins. I, I think all those people be fucking. You know who's a virgin? Nicole Bonaduce. Maybe she can ride a、uh, golf cart. This is, of course. That's my, that's my sister. I don't know if you know her.、But. I think you might be referring to the fact that our 90s fashion show in Asbury Park, you. You did come out fully transformed in a shocking turn of events.、Um, I did not expect to look up the New Jersey Ballooning Festival and to discover that they do a Singaporean virgin weather ritual. I did not ever anticipate that being a thing I would read today. They're probably like, what do we do? Do we sacrifice like a lamb, kill chickens? Like, that's too touchy, but like, everybody loves a virgin, like, you know, purity. Uh, the air, you're, you're at the mercy of the elements. Like, maybe I, I get it. Maybe we just need a virgin to stab a couple peppers and onions. 
That's what they do in Newark Airport. Oh, is that what they do? <laughs> it's, like a, it's a it's a good it's a nice union gig. Uh huh. To be the, the the pepper stabbing virgin at Newark Airport. Uh huh. <laughs> Usually doesn't last that long though. You're like you know, they're like three months students, and then like you're, you're ruined, and they have to get a new virgin. <laughs> Everybody, I if this doesn't make you want to support the Balloon Festival more. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because that makes me want to buy two tickets just to support the fact that they do that nonsense. Um, I'll tell you on my end, when we're talking about non-beach-driven summer vacations in Jersey, I've never been a huge beach guy. And I've talked about this on the show before. Everybody knows what I look like. I burn up in the sun. Um, Howie has a hilarious picture. We were just in California. We took Cal to the beach as he was running around in the sand, she has a ha- hilarious picture. I found like the one sliver of shade being cast by a telephone pole and stood directly in the shade all day. And she has a picture of me. Um, so I think about this a lot. I tell you what, New Jersey has a lot of lakes. And I found an article called 19 Beautiful Lakes in New Jersey. It was updated in January 30th, on January 31st, 2022. It's written by Shanley McMurray for planetware.com. You guys want to hear about New Jersey's most beautiful lakes? Yes. Number one, I think everybody can probably guess. Brown Valley Reservoir. Lake Hapakong. No way. It is like, if yeah. they haven't been up there in a while. It's We used to go up there all the time. Nick and I, his a buddy of his had a boat. Yeah, they've been plagued with... Well, they had the algae blooms. Yeah. Yeah. You can still boat. You can still boat even in the years you can't swim, but I hope they fix those algae blooms because that was really a shame. That was really sad. 45 miles of shoreline on Lake Apatcong State. Really? That you can access or that's that's private? You're saying public? It's uh, 40 miles from New York City. The lake is surrounded by 45 miles of well-appointed shoreline that's made the most of its popularity. No way. From sprawling public beaches to tasty restaurants and marinas for miles, this vacation hotspot is a wonderful place to unwind. Your kids will love the playgrounds, volleyball, and basketball courts. Plus, there's a mini golf course. What's not to like? Number two is Lake Carnegie in Princeton, but you can't swim in it. I don't know why they put that on this list. That sucks. Lake Carnegie? Yeah, it's where the it's where the Princeton crew team practices. Yeah, isn't that a man-made lake? Uh, yeah, it is. It's a man. It says it's a man-made beauty. Yeah. Scratch that off your vacation list. Deal Lake, Monmouth County. Deal Lake, I've always heard is great. I've never been, but I've heard that's awesome. Definitely never been there. Um, In the 1800s, it was closed off from the Atlantic Ocean and became more like the lake that exists today. So it's kind of half man-made. They conquered the ocean. Uh, Greenwood Lake, Passaic County. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful up there. That's right where, that's up... uh, I'm near Clinton Road up there. Notoriously uh, treacherous also. I've been out on Greenwood Lake and it's like, if the if a storm kicks up, it is like scary. Like you better know how to like um, captain a boat properly because it can like big like swells, like crazy swells. Really? Oh yeah. Number five is Atzeon Lake in Shamong, which is part of the Wharton State Forest. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Round Valley Reservoir in Lebanon is number six, Nick. You you said that was number one. Also treacherous. Um, very dangerous lake. People drown in it every year because there's supposedly like, it's very deep, there's undercurrents, and it's uh, very cold. So I also think that, um, I think that when they flooded the valley there, and I think they, I think they flooded a valley there, and I think when there's like uh, droughts, that gets low enough, you start to see like the steeple of the, of the church. Like, there's still a bunch of buildings. There was a town at the, in this valley that they just flooded. Yeah, I think it's at the bottom around Valley Reservoir. 
Egg Harbor City Lake is number seven. Number eight is Echo Lake Park in Mountainside. Um, which I never. I've, is that the one like right next to Twenty Two? That's in it's like We Quake Park over there, or no? Well, it's in Union County, uh, and I know Twenty Two does cut through Mountainside, so that's highly possible. But I didn't know there was a lake you could swim in right there. Mm. Number nine is one of my favorite lakes. I have. I tell you, I got a lot of love. Um, when I was a kid, my parents and also my aunt. My Aunt Rose used to take me up to uh, High, pa- High Point State Park, oh. Lake Marcia. You ever been up there? I, I've been there a bunch of times. Is that the one right by, it's at the base of High Point or no? Yeah, where it's where you can see the monument right there. It's beautiful. I'll be there next weekend, actually. Really? Going up to High Point? Yeah. I'm going camping there. That whole park is on like, um, what's it? A Stokes. It's all part of Stokes. Yeah. yeah. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. White Lake in Hardwick is number 10. 11 is Lake Garrison in Monroeville. Hmm. It originated as a cranberry bog, that one. Yeah. Uh, it's a go-to holiday alternative to the Jersey Shore. There's multiple log cabins built by the lake's original owner and a concession stand. Stokes is a great vacation spot in New Jersey if you don't want to go to the shore. I mean, there's hiking, climbing, the, the lakes there's fishing you can you know bring boats out there like kayaks and canoes um and you can definitely entertain yourself there for a week no problem at stokes um i don't want to read all these because who wants to listen to a podcast there's just a guy reading an article i do want to say they call out a sunfish pond in hardwick new jersey um which sounded really interesting and, and mike d this sounds like the type of shit you love to do listen to this it's not easy to get to sunfish pond in fact, you can expect to hike for at least seven miles to reach this glorious hidden gem. Holy shit, for real? Once once the vibrantly blue rippling water comes into view, though, you'll realize the long, sometimes tricky hike was well worth the effort. One of the more popular hikes requires a more than 10-mile traipse along the Appalachian Trail and Dunfield Creek Trail loops. The so-called pond is 41 acres and was made by glaciers. It's been deemed one of the natural wonders of New Jersey. Due to its acidic nature, the pond is fine for swimming, but only a few types of fish, i.e. pumpkin seed sunfish and yellow perch, have been able to survive in the waters. Yeah. So it's like a 41-acre pond where you don't even have to deal with fish coming at you. That's on my list now. I love that. What about uh, Split Rock Reservoir? Even though it's a reservoir, it's in a pretty cool area with a giant dam. Uh, It's not on the list, but I've driven through there. And you know Split Rock Road is haunted, though. You know that yep. there's like the evil people that'll come get you on Split Rock Road. I worked along there for like literally. I hiked every inch of Powerline easement, and actually then worked on the retopping of uh, the dam at Split Rock Reservoir. So that was the, I spent like a lot of t- like a lot of time up there. That's really beautiful. That's Booton, right? I don't know if it's Booton or it's I think it's considered all part of like uh Rockaway Green Pond Rockaway Town like yeah but it's it's like a it's in that weird area and you drive through a really cool area and then right before you get to the road that takes you to uh, the last residence is this guy who has these great uh, stone structures um it might have been in weird New Jersey but they're the guy must be like a mason and they're like spiral it's all natural rock from the area talk to him one day and um it's really cool it's like the last the last populated thing you see before you go down that road and it's like an unimproved road but when you cross split rock like it's a one lane road and there's like a a traffic light and of course nobody like pays attention so if you're going across you have the green and like there's some jerk off that's coming the other way like you'd have to like stop and it was like so it was so potholed like 
like two foot deep potholes, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I got to work on the reconstruction of that and I spent a ton of time up there and um, great for kayaking and like they dropped the, they dropped like the reservoir. Great for fishing also. Tons of bears up there. I probably saw two or three bears um, on the same job like over and over again. Um, but great, one of those hidden gems. Like there's like, that's why New Jersey is great for the summer. You don't have to be a shore person and like deal with that. There's just fantastic stuff like even down near me when i lived in weartown and got exposed to like the pine barrens like you realize how many campgrounds there are and they're kayaking there's so many tributaries like it's a it's new jersey's great like branch out get away from the shore and like really experience like the wonderfulness of uh of new jersey i think that i mean i think that it, it is fair to say that in general the state parks have a lot to offer for a vacation and a lot of them have campsites. They're free this summer too. And they're free yep. again. Oh my. So everybody get on that. Um, Mike D, I do also want us just, uh, we should go through some uh, festivals. You listed festivals as one of the things in New Jersey. Um, I looked it up. There's many lists of festivals happening all over the state. I, have, I, I can recommend a great festival for people <laughs> that I've been to, which is a, uh, the one there are several New Jersey state fairs, but there is one at the Sussex County Fairgrounds, which is great. It's an extremely old school type of state festival. They have the 4-H people who you know they show their animals, their pigs that they're raising, and the the corn and other things that they're growing. They have really great music. They have tons of food. And this was also, I have to say, one of the strangest experiences of my life is I signed up to do a bike race, a cyclocross race. And it said that it was at the Sussex County Fairgrounds. And I was like, okay, you know, I don't, at the time, I didn't know what that was. And I signed up for the race and I drive up there at six o'clock in the morning for a cyclocross race. And I get there and after I check in and get my number for the race, I very quickly figure out that even though this is a bike race, we are actually the entertainment for people at the fair. <laughs> so they have all of the people, they have all of the, us racing bikes on this very small, extremely muddy track in the middle of the fairgrounds while people just continuously gawk at us all day. It was one of the strangest things. Because normally when you do you know, any kind of race, a, a, a bike race or a marathon, there are some spectators, but we were basically going around in a circle like trained animals while people watched us and no one knew what this was and no one knew what to expect it. So that was a really strange thing. But afterwards, I did enjoy going around the fair in my muddy bike clothes. At the same location last weekend, they had this, um, it's supposed to be like one of the best um cultural like events or fairs was this big like new orleans fest up at the sussex county and people like come from all over and like the best like um creole food and stuff like that so like there's there's crazy shit happening in jersey man like you know well i'm on a visit nj.org right now and i'm just gonna shout out some of the non-jersey shore most of the festivals to be fair are taking place at the jersey shore but this this is one about finding things that aren't at the shore some of the festivals jumping out at me june 25th clifton the northern new jersey empanada festival oh my god Ooh. like eat yourself to death yeah, Eat Yourself to Death and Die in Clifton Festival. Oh. July 9th, the Haddonfield Crafts and Fine Art Festival. Haddonfield's jumping. We've got 
of course, the aforementioned uh, ballooning festival is on the 29th, 30th, 31st. We've got, oh, the Sourland Mountain Festival in Ringo's. Mm. Well, oh, uh, no, that, right? Highlands counts as the shore, so we won't mention the Clam Festival. Um, but I'm just going to go through the whole summer. I'm going to see what else comes up. Sourlands is a great place to go hiking or climbing. Sourlands is yeah. a weird, desolate, cool place. Salem, in, oh, that's all the way in September, but South Jersey Apple Fest, September 10th and 11th, everybody. Huh. September 11th, right? You know it for the bad stuff, but don't forget, it's also the South Jersey Apple Fest. <laughs> Never think of South Jersey for apples. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, sorry that I just laughed at a 9-11 joke, but I heard the words coming out of my mouth, and I hated myself for saying them, and I started cracking up. Sorry about that, everybody. We have credibility. We can laugh at those To jokes. be fair, there's also like 150 other festivals happening all the time at the Jersey Shore. That's not what we're talking about tonight. Mm. Okay? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Empanada Fest in Clifton, which I have to imagine is probably in a weird parking lot if I know Clifton. You're like, where would it be in Clifton? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, let me click. Let, let me go get I know, because Nick, I think you and I are both pretty interested in this Empanada Festival. It's at the uh, Stop and Shop parking lot right off... Uh, oh, Clifton. Of course, it's at a place called Weaselbrook Park. Of course. Weaselbrook Park. You want to go to a festival in Clifton? You have to get busting. <laughs> Help raise money for the Passaic County Parks Commission at the Northern New Jersey Empanada Festival. Let me see. Another one that's not a festival, but I'm hell-bent on going this year. And then after having a conversation last week with people that were from down there and that worked at it, is Cowtown. Cowtown Rodeo? Which has been long-running and is supposed to be like pretty pretty cool, especially like I'm a big rodeo guy. I love bull riding and stuff like that and rope it and those people like that's like their thing so get yourself down to south jersey go to cowtown saturday june 25th 11 to 7 that's a long empanada festival hopefully they have enough porter johns for everyone <laughs> one empanada over the line sweet jesus when you start getting into the weird ones they do list over 20 empanada makers that are going to be there and the tickets are only eight bucks only 20 only 20 20 or 120 20 I, that's they the food vendor, they list 20 empanada vendors right up there. You got, you're going to eat 20 empanadas if you sample one from each person? I had weight loss surgery, and I have an unbelievable ability to eat two things. Raw oysters and empanadas um, from multiple different cultural backgrounds because they vary <laughs> differently. Nick, you have to be in Clifton on June 25th. It's meant oh, to be. No, I... I try to avoid the area, not for any reason. Like I lived in Belleville, right near Clifton, and I'm a sucker for empanadas. I even buy them at gas stations. So that being said, yeah, I would take the the, the better empanadas. We should talk about a great uh, New Jersey subgenre, which is the the church feast, which I think is a really undersold New Jersey activity. We did talk about church feasts a lot on another episode. Did we? Yeah, on, when we talked about the West Orange Carnival, we talked a lot about church feasts on that one. It's a good option for people, because all throughout the summer, though, wherever you are in New Jersey, likely within a few miles of where you are, there will be a church feast where you can... Yeah, every, so you say, every get food. background. Yep, every kind of church will have them, so that's just another one to throw out there to add to your summer list. Everybody goes to their like, local you know, 
San Gennaro or whatever uh, you know Italian feast. And then the other thing is also popular are the uh, Greek festivals, which can be hit or miss. But North Jersey has the best Greek festivals for Greek food. South Jersey, not so much. I want to tell you guys, I, I Googled best places to vacation in New Jersey and a site called vacationidea.com came up. And I, look, I'm not trying to disparage anybody else's hard work. I hope the author got paid for their hard work. But do you guys want me to read you all the non-shore options they list as the 23 best places to visit? in New Jersey for a vacation. If they're not sad. Yes. Number two. Okay. Number one on their list is shore related. Number two is Princeton, which I go, could you really pull off a vacation in Princeton? Ugh. It's a lovely place. N- nice to look at, but I don't know if you could vacation there. Number three on their list is Newark, New Jersey, which makes me wonder. Newark airport. Sure. Who wrote this list and spend four days there. Driving the loop. Look, Nork's got a lot of great things going for it. We have a whole series on here about Nork and how amazing it is and wanting to understand it more. I don't know if I could tell outsiders just land for a vacation there. Number four is Jersey City. They seem to just be listing random things in New Jersey. Then they list Clinton because it has the Hunterdon Historical Museum and the Hunterdon Art Museum. I don't know that we can trust this list, everybody. That sounds terrible. Number six. I don't think you could get a vacation out of Clinton, New Jersey, which is a fine and lovely place. But Could you get one out of their number six choice, which is the town of Booton? Did you get a whole vacation out of Bro, a vacation? No way. Out of Booton, no. Although Booton has that waterfall park, and it's awesome. That shore-related shore related. They always have like live music and stuff there. Number ten on their list suggests that you take your family vacation to Elizabeth, New Jersey. What? what? I gotta say, they actually list that above Asbury Park, which is crazy. Seaside Heights Shore. That's Shore. That's the Shore. To be fair, they're just listing a lot of Shore stuff. Sounds like somebody not from New Jersey, like yeah. Wikipedia, like whatever. And the Great Falls. I mean, people who listen to this podcast know that I never shut up about the Great Falls. But are there any festivals at the Great Falls? There should be if there isn't. I know. I've been trying to make this happen for years. Because they also have that abandoned stadium right next door. You could have bands. You have a whole infrastructure, man. Got to get screaming females playing right next to the Great Falls. How great would that be? Got to go get a hot dog. In the middle of the bridge, they're really cheap. Libby's Lunch was still open right there, too. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible list. What do you guys think would be the worst place to take a vacation in New Jersey? Um, What's the place that you go? If a, if a family said, we're going to spend a week in one place in New Jersey, what's the place that you would actually put bottom of the list? Princeton. Wow. That would be bottom of my list. Yeah. How come? How come? It's just not made for enjoying yourself, right? The entire place is built around suffering to to get into an elite university and everything there is built to support that university. It does not feel like a place where a family or any individual could go and enjoy themselves for a week. And what am I? You would just end up feeling bad about yourself after 24 hours. One of my least favorite roads runs through it, which is 27. So enough said. I think a fine enough day trip. If you want to see the, the school and you want to shop at the record exchange and eat at Hoagie Haven. Sure. But you're not spending multiple days there. Nikki Bonaduce, anything you want to put out there? Let's say a family is coming from far away. Hmm. They want a vacation in New Jersey. What's the place? What's the last place on your list? Oh my gosh. It's uh, probably like 
South Brook. <laughs> South Brook. And and this comes from experience. <laughs> that, whole man, that whole Manville area. Yeah, so two reasons. The summertime, it's always humid there. Yeah. It floods and there's lots of bugs. And there's really nothing to fucking see. I love that answer. And it's there's nothing to see and it's not far enough into nature that you feel that you're out into the woods. Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of uh, lots of aggravating roads that drive on. Anywhere in Middlesex County is like that. High humidity. I got a friend named Randy. He lives in Michigan now. He's in a band called Dikembe. Great band. Everybody should listen to him. But he grew up in Somerville. And I actually officiated his wedding. And I was talking to him about Somerville. I said, man, like Somerville was always, I always thought of it as just like a sleepy place. And now it's like hip. I've been through there. It's like they're trying to become like baby Montclair a little bit, you know, like baby Red Bank or something. And he was like, yeah, it's a lot different than when I grew up. And he was, I, I was like, I always thought of it as just like sort of like an extension of like Boundbrook or Manville. And he, this is like the most laid back dude in the world. And he just goes, it's not fucking Manville. And he got real Ooh. mad at me that I compared it to Manville. I was in Somerville on Friday, very randomly. A, a, a mutual friend of all of ours, a really close friend, called me out of the blue in the morning and said, hey, you want to grab lunch today? And I said, of course, you know, I'd love to, to hang out. And he said, meet me in Somerville for lunch. And I had never been to Somerville at all previously. So I jumped in a ride-sharing vehicle because I do not operate my own motor vehicle and <laughs> went to Somerville and had lunch there and spent a little time walking around. It was a cool little town. I was shocked that that, that was there. Yeah. Good arcade, very good retro arcade, excellent old school video game store. They've also got a comic book store and an instrument store. So it kind of hits all the all the things you might want in a little town. I got invited to do a comedy show. There's this comic, Jersey comic named Danny Braff, who is a hustler, man. He really, I, I really respect his grind. And he puts on shows all over the state. And he puts up a bunch in Somerville and he invited me to come to Somerville to do a show. And I was like, I'm going to go do a comedy show in Somerville. I went packed out bar the main strip was hopping at night there's like a late night cookie place for people who clearly get stoned too much it was uh it was really rad it was really rad somerville might be a good place to spend a day or two on your jersey vacation but not uh not southbound brook <laughs> my answer i'm gonna say uh let's say lodi oh uh, i don't want got got a lot of angry Bergen Canyers coming at you. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm from Lodi. Lodi, right, right there next to the Bada Bing and the Teterboro Airport. That whole area, man. Like Lodi. Oh, you're gonna. I can't be having people vacation in Lodi. You're gonna get ripped apart for that. What Lodi should do though is, they should really build a Misfits museum to generate summer tourism in Lodi. If you built the Misfits <laughs> museum there, I think you'd get quite a number of visitors coming in there. Absolutely. I, I, I can't argue that. Can't argue that. <laughs> now, I think maybe we end tonight. We've, you know, we've discussed some activities from Duke Farm, the Balloon Festival, uh, some of the other things we've talked about tonight. We've put some options out there. Um, now we've listed the towns that we think are least worthy of a vacation. If you had to pick a town that's not one of the hot spots, not one of the places that comes up often, where you go, you know what? Actually, I feel like uh, I feel like people could spend four days there, not get bored, see some cool shit, and see the best of Jersey. What's a town you want to shout out? Now that we've gone negative and we've trashed Lodi, South Bambrook, and Princeton, what are the places we want to put up on a pedestal a little bit? And that's hard. 
I'll put out, you know, and, and it, these are easy answers because we kind of haven't covered them. Um, but they're probably something that we should touch upon. There are so many cool little towns up and down the Delaware river on the Jersey side. Oh yeah. Everybody knows about new hope, Pennsylvania, but right across the bridge, you got Lawrenceville. Then right over there, you got French town. And then that County road that leads into French town through hundred and County, you go through like high bridge and, and a whole bunch of other places that just have these like hip little downtowns. And if you're into like farm to table restaurant type stuff, if you're into antiquing, if you're into like B and B's and that whole vibe, that pot, that the Delaware river towns of Jersey, I think everybody talks about new hope, Pennsylvania. And I know why like new hope is awesome. It's beautiful. But I think the Jersey towns don't get mentioned as much and they're fucking incredible. Definitely. So another great place that's kind of very close to the Delaware. And um, I discovered when I was really into pottery was uh, Peter's Valley. What's which that? Is, which Peter's Valley is like an artist community that's located. I, I'm going to say, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's Sussex or like, uh, but they have this really cool thing. And like, I dragged Mike D and John up there one time we were going up there to like camp or whatever. I remember. So yep. they have this earthen like kiln where, um, it, like it used to be whatever. Anyway, they do this like seven day firing and like, um, they basically have like a party for like seven days where you do your throne pottery, blah, 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 whatever. And they have this like hollowed out, like, like hillside where you walk into the kiln and it's like lined with clay, whatever. And then there's a, they start the fire like in the center. And then for days they like, they do this firing where people are like partying, having a good time. And like, you're dropping wood down into the center to keep the fire at like a certain temperature. And it's like real hippy dippy shit. But like, there's a whole like awesome community up there. And like, you know, it's just one of those great like hidden gems that, and I think if you live in the area, they have a lot of like, um, places where you can go do art there's also great tours for the day and it's very rich in like early american history like you don't realize maybe you do realize maybe don't whatever we live in an awesome place for like early american history there's so much shit that was happening around you that you don't know about and like you go to this place even like batstow like you get on the batstow you realize that batstow is cool you know we were like one of the most interesting facts that i ever learned was um was it the bog iron ore that when we no longer could like get munitions, like we were forging shot and cannonballs in like in the pine barrens, uh, fired, you know, he, being, um, using like charcoal from early pineys that were, you know, like, um, smelting iron ore. like New Jersey is just insane, but Peters Valley is cool. The Delaware river. If you go all the way up to the uh, Delaware water gap, Oh yeah. Great area. Everybody's like does tubing and kayaking and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's just a, there's just too much to mention. And then what I really didn't realize until I moved down here. And then also one of my friends, um, revitalized the campground, but there's a huge community of people that spend their summers where they lease land for multi-generations at like these campgrounds where they literally go in there. Like might, they might have a trailer, they might not, but like, that's what they do on the weekends. They don't go to the shore. They go out there, they make a fire, they hang out. And like, there's a real sense of community and then, you know, that's it. But that was something that I would never, I was never exposed to. I camped when I was a boy scout and stuff, but I never immersed myself in family camping culture. When we went to your, your buddy's campground, 
what what blew my mind was you know your your friend is the owner of the place one of the nicest guys in the world and he had a little hooked up golf cart and at night he drove us around to visit all these different you know yeah multi-generational families campsites and we would go to one and the people had a homemade full-blown you know Nabali Don pizza oven and they're like oh have a slice and they're making this and then you went to another one and the people you know have a giant fire and they're roasting corn and then you go to another one and the people make their own homemade applejack from New Jersey apples and it was just everyone had their own little mini scene happening all within this you know New Jersey campground that's kind of mind-blowing that's a great way to spend a vacation I feel like, you know, like we're talking about how we grew up and like the shore was such an emphasis. And like, if you had a friend that had a place that like, I never, I grew up in like a summer pool family in Rockaway Township. Like that's where we spent our time. That was how we got together with our family. But, and like, I camped as a boy scout, but like, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. And then even down the shore here, like there's the beach and then like you go in a few miles and there's all these campgrounds and people like utilize the waterways and kayak and uh, you can come down to the Pine Barrens and go on tours of abandoned um, towns and villages. And um, there's really a lot like, you know, do you have to spend four days there? No, but like everything's close enough in Jersey that you can drive anywhere for a day or stay over and like really have a fantastic, uh, fantastic experience. And uh, the French Canadians love it too because in August, <laughs> every Friday when I'm driving down through from July to August, there's the Montreal uh, license plates on little caravans that are that are traveling south. And je me souviens. Yeah, and they they love the Jersey Shore. So there's a, it's not just for Jerseyans, but if you're in Jersey and like you're somebody who's like. Oh, I don't know what to do this weekend. Like, I don't want to deal with short Jersey shore traffic. Like, go somewhere else. Maybe go a little west. Go a little south. And you'll avoid the traffic and like have a great time. I'm certain we're going to hear from a lot of people on this nine seven three seven eight zero four six six zero is the voicemail line. Let us know what did we miss. What are the spots? I mean, we covered the big ones, right? We mentioned Lake Apatkong, the Delaware Water Gap, all these different uh, state parks and whatnot. But I'm sure there's other hidden pockets. Just hearing that there's these small campgrounds that families have been supporting for generations, you go, oh, there's there's hidden secrets out there in New Jersey. So let us know the ones you know about. 973-780-4660. I feel so lucky to be in this state in this time of year. I can't wait to explore so much of this stuff. And uh, much luck to the Virgin at the Balloon Festival. May she summon the weather that is necessary in July for everything to go off without a hitch. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hopefully you don't get blown into power lines. And my other, uh, <laughs> this is my big thing this summer. If you know me, you know. When you go do all these wonderful things in Jersey, talk to other people and and uh, connect with people. And uh, remember, we're all human beings and the wonderfulness that everybody has to offer. And you're going to really enjoy yourself because New Jersey is the world and it's full of wonderful people from all over the actual world. So go for it. It's summer in Jersey. Fucking suck it up. Enjoy it. And uh, put on sunblock because I burnt the shit out of myself this weekend and I'm Greek. And I was an asshole. Didn't fucking follow my own rules. So. Wear sunblock. Sorry. 
You have to do another exit. I Chris. love it. No, that's no, that was the best exit ever. That's the best ending in the history of the show. Wear some luck. You, you got to see my nose. Look. Enjoy your day, everybody, and enjoy your summer. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Cobb, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Cop, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the world, where New Jersey is...